friends. Welcome to the Creative Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Caldwell, and I'm so happy you're here. Each episode, I take some time to chat with fellow artists about life, faith, and the impact of the arts. Welcome to episode 94 of the podcast. I'm so excited to be with you today, and I can't believe we're already at the end of February, headed into March tomorrow. And if you're in the Houston area, we are starting rodeo season, so that's super fun. If this is your first time listening, I'm so excited that you're here. This is a place where you'll find inspiration and encouragement through people sharing their stories. For today's conversation, I am so honored and excited to have Glorielle Needfelt. Glorielle has served as a dancer, artistic director, choreographer, and teacher in both the ministry and marketplace settings. This conversation today is so powerful, and Glorielle just brings some incredible truth to us. She shares her journey with dance and how she ended up working in various areas, including live stage productions, television, and film. She also shares her heart on marriage and motherhood and how she's navigating being an artist through different shifting seasons in life. I love when we get into topics like how God impacts people on a spiritual level through dance and movement, what it looks like to have purpose-driven artistry, the concepts of intercession and prophetic dance, and the power of stepping out in faith. You'll hear about some of Gloriel's current projects and workshops that are coming up, so be sure to check out the show notes where you can find links for all of those. Thank you so much for joining us today, and enjoy my conversation with Gloriel Needfelt. So excited to get to meet you officially, Glorielle. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've already been so impacted by your show. So it was an honor when you reached out. So thank you. Oh, yeah. That, that means so much to me. And I remember first hearing you actually when Cynthia Newland put together a Zoom call during 2020. And it was like a wow. gathering of a lot of different artists. And I remember hearing you speak briefly on that and was like, I would love to connect with her. And it's taken what? three, two and a half years or something. Hey, but the right time, the right time. Exactly. Exactly. I think I saw you post about something on social media. I was like, Gloria, I want to connect. So this is perfect. Yeah. I feel like God has the right timing for sure. So yeah, well, I would love to let you just introduce yourself to our listeners and share a little bit about what you're up to. And then we can kind of get more into your story. Yes. Well, I am Glorielle Needfelt, born and raised on the south side of Chicago, Illinois, and very proud of it. And I currently live in Wisconsin with my wonderful husband, Jeff Needfelt, and I'm raising three wonderful soldiers in the army of the Lord, Judah, Hadassah, and Selah. And uh, my position, my office, I would like to say is a daughter of the Most High God, And I'm so excited to be here. I'm a kingdom artist preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ through Mm -hmm. spoken word and through movement. So yeah, that's a little bit of who I am. Love that. Yes, that's such a perfect like intro. So good. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, what are the ages of your kids right now? Yeah, so my son, he's the oldest, Judah. He is seven years old. He'll be eight in May. My daughter, Hadassah, she just turns six. She's getting so old. Uh And my little one, Selah, she is one. So sweet. I love that. I think 
I was kind of watching some of the videos that you have out there and um, one of them was on motherhood and we'll get into this later. But I think at that point you had two kids. So it's fun seeing like the journey and where you're at and yeah, just kind of following along yes. a little bit. <laughs> yes, it's been such an evolution. And to my moms out there, I'll say this, the transition from two to three was much easier than my transition from one to two. It was like night and day. Wow. Two to three, I hit my stride. And one to two, I was like, I'm never doing this again. (laughs) This is hard, but God is good. Yes. Amen. That's so good. And that is an encouragement for all those moms out there and (laughs) future moms. So I love it. Well, I would love to kind of go back a little bit and hear about when did you first discover your passion for dance? Oh, wow. Well, I discovered my passion when I was about five years old. I started dancing in church. And what kind of kicked that off was watching my older siblings dance. And my family often reminds me of how I would cry looking at my older sister, like, I just want to dance like her. And that's so sweet. Yeah. Yes. And so my mom just saw that passion in me right away. And so she would just put me in different environments to fan that flame. And she would take me to different conferences and workshops. And I remember being at one conference called Praise Him in the Dance. And I would be the one wanting to be in the advanced ballet class. And the teacher, I remember her name is Elise Roder, and she came up to my mom and she was like, you need to put her in dance school. Like she needs to get training. She's a fireball, but she needs to get some training. And so my mom put me in dance school. And from there, God just start connecting the pieces and giving me opportunity to really grow as an artist. Um, When I was 11 years old, I danced in a Black History Month like talent show at my school and my music teacher she was like I see something in you and she invited me to this banquet it was called the Bashir Foundation uh, for Future Artists and Scientists Mm -hmm. and it was at this banquet I met Mama Amanie she's the former director of the Muntu Dance Theater of Chicago it's a big African dance company and I was only 11 years old and I was invited by Mama Amani to this rehearsal just to kind of check it out. And I went to the rehearsal and it it felt like family right away. Mm. And at this rehearsal, Mama Amani gave me the opportunity to dance in this live stage production they were doing at Navy Pier, downtown Chicago. And it literally blew my mind. And my life has just been marked by teachers not just seeing a dancer, but seeing a future leader, seeing someone who had something to offer the world and giving me opportunity to to share what I had. Mm. And that's why I think teachers are so important. Like your impact goes far beyond the classroom. And I remember that specific performance, Mama Amani, she had got glass stuck in her foot right before we were to perform. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to dance with the glass anyway. And she danced like the house down and just seeing examples like that leaders who have such grit and such determination, but also are so loving and compassionate. They, they really formed who I was. So anyway, that was one of the first stage productions I got to do. And from there on out, God just really connected me through family and friends to artistic leaders. And I think of Endure Productions. It was another company Mm -hmm. I had auditioned to be a part of just as a dancer. But again, that director saw something in me. And when I was 18 years old, she gave me the opportunity to lead 
a live theatrical stage production as artistic director at wow. 18. She was like, I want to mentor you through this. Yeah. And that was a life-changing experience. And so just shout out to my teachers, you know, thank you all for the work that you do. I'm a product of a student being seen um, as more than just a dancer, as more than just a registrant. You right. know, my life is forever changed by you know, the teachers that saw something more in me. So Mm. yeah, that's beautiful. So I started when I was younger and God has just been doing beautiful things ever since. So yeah. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your professional dance experiences, because it sounds like just from your bio that you've had a wide range of, you know, getting to be in film and television and, you know, on stage and all of those things. So do you want to just share maybe some of the highlights? Yes, some of the highlights. So one of the highlights, I don't even know. So there's this, uh, I guess, movie trilogy called Doom. I knew nothing about it, but it's, it's a huge like Indian like film franchise and so anyway a friend of mine connected me they was like hey we have this audition coming up for Doom 3 I hear movie and I'm just like okay this is really cool next thing you know I find out like the lead actor in that movie is like the Tom Cruise of America and just from a friend letting me know about this audition I get to go and be in this film which was really fun I got to be one of the dancers and if I could fast forward a little bit This was after I had gotten married, got pregnant with my first child. Again, I got a call for an audition to be in a show called Empire. Mm -hmm. It was their pilot season. And when I got the call, I was like, I can't do this. I'm six months pregnant and they're not going to let me dance. And my community around me, they were just like, give it a shot, Gloria. Like, don't say someone else's no for them. Like, just go for it. Mm, That's good. And so I remember going to that audition and I was the number one pick at that audition. They were like, we want that girl right there. And they didn't even know I was pregnant. And that experience was a highlight because I got to do what I love to do in the industry with no compromise. And that has been my prayer. I was like, God, I want to, I want to make an impact. I want to be a light in darkness, but I don't want to have to compromise my Jesus. Mm -hmm. And God has just been like access granted. And he's just really honored that and given me, you know, privilege to be in different places and spaces and maintain my testimony. And that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. More recently, I got invited out to Hollywood, to California, to choreograph for a movie. It's now on Netflix. It's called A Christmas Dance. And that experience was so much fun. And I've just seen God not only honor my yes, but seeing he's honored my commitment to my family, you know, Mm, because I am a domestic engineer, you know, I'm raising my family, raising my kids, Loving my husband, learning to love my husband well, mm-hmm. but I'm still a, I'm still an artist, you know, and God has just given me the opportunity to, yeah, honor my family, but still do the things he's called me to do as a movement minister. So yes, I love yeah. that. And I would love to talk on that topic for a little bit, just the idea of what it looks like to be putting your family first and also at the same time you know, still being an artist. And I love, like I said, I found that video of you talking and I was like, this is just so encouraging because I've even seen that in my own life when I, you know, I'm married and I have a lot of things going and there's a lot of stuff happening and I can get super distracted and like doing all these things out for other people and kind of neglect like 
things at home. And I realized like, then I feel super stressed and overwhelmed. But then when I kind of rearrange stuff a little bit and like, okay, I'm going to start on Monday focusing in on, you know, is stuff at home in a good place and meal prepping and like all that kind of stuff. Then I feel like you had said this, but I'd love to hear your thoughts now (laughs) where you're at in life, but just like, it helps everything else to kind of fall into place a little bit with more peace. Cause it's not like I'm spread so thin and trying to give the remnant um, at home. So anyway, I would love to turn it over to you and just hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, there's a, a couple checkpoints whenever I'm taking an engagement. When I, I ask my husband, I'm like, hey, is this something that we as a family can handle? Mm-hmm. And that's usually a good barometer for whether or not I can take an assignment or an engagement. And if he says no, I take that as a no. And I I know that my husband is he's looking out for me. He's never trying to keep a a good opportunity from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think of my childcare, you know, do I have somebody that I really trust that can watch after my child this time? And if not, I may not be able to go. And every time I've honored my family, God has honored me. And during the times when I've had to leave them at home, there's been so much grace at home. And so I, I try to use my checkpoints. Is it a yes for my husband? Are we in unity? Do I have childcare or can I bring my children with? Mm-hmm. And I ask for a lot of help. You know, sometimes I get to do the meal prep. I think when I had one or two, it was easier for me to kind of, okay, this is what they're going to eat at this time. And this is their schedule. And then with three, it's hectic over uh-huh. here. It's a party all the time. And sometimes when I leave, I have not gotten to meal prep right. <laughs> and I've not gotten to leave the house perfectly clean. Um, and I wish that I was, you know, Susie Homemaker all the time, but I am not. And that's okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, God has just, you know, opened doors. And sometimes I'm graced to be able to bring somebody along with me so that my kids can come. And that in itself is huge, you know, because my desire is for my kids to do ministry with me. I don't want them to always see me leaving, right. you know, I want them to be a part of that journey and see that serving Jesus Christ is the best thing you can do yes. like ever. That's so cool. I love that. And when you shifted into motherhood, you know, what was that like as a dancer? Yes. I feel like I shift every time. Like, okay, I'll put it, I'll put it to you this way. I got pregnant with our first child, Judah, when I was 20 years old, I was only 20. And literally, like, when I got pregnant, I had the biggest meltdown all the time. I was like, my life is over as a dancer. I'll never be able to dance again. And thank God for good community. They would just look at me like, L'Oreal, get it together. You're only 20. But literally every pregnancy, I've always been like, I'm just never going to dance. This is it. And God has really had to minister to me in that area. Like, Gloria, it's not about your leg extensions. It's the gospel that I've put inside of you that the world needs to see and hear through what you have to say in your body and what you have to say with your mouth. So don't shut down your gift if I've not shut it down. Don't close doors Mm -hmm. I have not closed to you just because your body is changing or you're in a different season. And so I have learned and am learning to really give myself grace and to know, like, apart from having kids, your body changes, you know, just age in general. Yeah. Yes. Just age in general. And so I've really just been learning to give myself grace and 
make sure I'm not the only one talking to myself. Ooh, that's good. Yes. <laughs> and having the right people in my ear. Cause if it was up to me, I would just be on the bathroom floor crying and <laughs> probably depressed, <laughs> you know, but you know, that's why we have the word of God and people to really help us keep our righteous mind and have a good grip on reality, have a healthy outlook. And so mm-hmm. it's been the good people around me helping me to realize like, it's not over until God says it's over. So keep going, you know, yeah. and staying in classes when I can, you know, mm-hmm. going to those workshops, getting training, continuing to train, you know, okay. it's not always easy, but it's worth fighting for. This is what I'm called to do. This is what I love to do. And so I keep investing in that area. Mm, yes. Love that. And it's so true. It's just, it can be hard when it's just our own voice inside our head <laughs> speaking to ourselves. Community is so huge for sure. I I love that encouragement. And I love what you do just ministering through dance and through speaking and, you know, getting to be probably, I'm assuming like in a lot of different places around the nation and around the world. And I'm just so curious to hear how have you seen dance and movement impact people kind of on that deeper, like spiritual level? Yes. Wow, man. I have through movement, I am seeing God literally shift church cultures. He's awakening hearts through movement. I'm seeing God uh, introduce a new facet of himself. Mm. I recently got the opportunity to preach at my church on movement. And my church originally was very traditional in the sense that you know, the prophetic or spontaneous worship moments. It wasn't the norm. Right. And when I first started attending my church, you know, I would be the one kind of dancing in the corner, just communing with God. What I do at home is what I do at church. And so it was never to make a spectacle or never to try to shift the church culture or be a rebel. It was just my communion with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And during this time, I didn't know this, but my worship had made some people uncomfortable and they like took the pastor like, are you going to just let her dance like that in the front? And God blessed me with such amazing leadership that uh, later that pastor had, you know, came up to the pulpit and he was like, I want to thank Gloria for the worship Mm -hmm. uh, that she's doing on the side. And I literally feel, he said, like, I literally feel like the wind of God in this service. And even later, even when the pastoral leadership had changed, they had come to me and said, like, thank you for your freedom and worship because it has shifted our church culture. Like, We are now like on a trajectory. You've been a catalyst for prophetic worship in our church. Mm -hmm. And where I live and where I come from is it hadn't been common for you to see dancers just worshiping the Lord so freely. And there's just been so many beautiful testimonies. I was at another church just again, just worshiping the Lord. And someone had come up to me, never been introduced to dance. And they were like, Seeing you worship gives me a glimpse of what it must have been like when David danced before the Lord Mm. at the return of the Ark of the Covenant. And so I'm seeing it not only impact people like visually, but I have had the opportunity to share the importance of movement. Like when it comes to, for example, the word praise in Hebrew, Mm. you can't adequately describe the word praise without movement. Really? That's so cool. Yes. And so like just a couple examples, there's a word that is called halal, 
And halal literally means to act madly, to act clamorously foolish, to boast, to shine. And we see this example in Revelation 19 at this, you know, this beautiful picture of heaven and worship going forth. So God loves worship, you know, and worship is not only loud and free and foolish at times, but it also like it does damage to the kingdom of darkness. And we see this example in the story of Jehoshaphat. You know, before he went out to battle, the praisers went first. You know, they were the ones that they lifted up their sound to heaven. And as they lifted up their worship and praise to God, the Lord routed the enemy and caused the enemy to turn on themselves to kill one another. So that by the time Israel arrived at the battleground, their enemies were totally annihilated. Mm -hmm. And this was because of their praise. In dance, in movement, people are seeing like, wait. I can do damage in the kingdom of darkness because of my praise. Like clapping is not only clapping. It literally means to strike. The Hebrew word for clap is taka. It means to drive. You know, you think of the word, there's a Hebrew word for praise that the word is nakah. And it means to encompass, to go round about. We see this example in Joshua 6 verses 1 through 5 when the children of Israel march around Jericho and on the seventh day they shout and the walls fall flat this is praise yeah. you know and so God has given me opportunity not only to embody this but to share it with the body of Christ and they're starting to use their bodies as instruments of war and praise and it's been mind blowing like just because of my obedience God is opening doors for other people to step into this intimate and powerful way of praising God. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been magnificent to see. Yes, that's so, so good. And I got to watch a couple of the videos that are on YouTube of you dancing. And it's just so powerful seeing just the strength and the dynamic that you have in your movement. And I love, I love that because you see that is what's happening. It's like the atmosphere is being shifted by your movement, by your worship. And I've seen that in other dancers as well and just around. And it's so cool knowing that it's more than, quote, just dance or, you know, just kind of like dancing for dance sake, but that God is utilizing it to really make shifts and changes for the kingdom, which is so cool. So yeah, Yeah. it's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I love something that you said kind of in our pre-interview stuff was that one of your things that you're passionate about is spreading the gospel through excellent and purpose-driven artistry. And I love that so much. And I'm curious, do you want to just kind of expound on that a little bit and just share kind of what you mean by excellent and purpose-driven artistry? Yeah, so excellence is not speaking to perfection, but it's a spirit of excellence. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, I think of Daniel, who was known as a man who had an excellent spirit. And it also, of course, speaks to skill and care for your artistry. I think of Bezalel, the one responsible for the construction of the temple. God called a master craftsman to do God's work. Mm -hmm. Purpose-driven artistry. It has to do with art that makes eternal deposits into the lives of God's people, you know, whether they're in the kingdom or not. And understanding your why, you know, the ultimate goal is God's glory. And so when I when I'm talking about clarity on your why, what's the purpose of your art? Is it to bring freedom? Is it to make people think? Is it for them to see another facet of God's goodness or beauty? So it's it's understanding our why and then partnering it with excellence so that our message can be clear. 
Right. Yes. I love that it's saying, how can I continue to hone this this gift and this craft that I have in order to, like you said, let it read for people to be able to understand it, to take it in. Yeah. That people could have different purposes that God's given them in yeah. their dancing or in their art. So it may not be the exact same for every person. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. Yes. And it's an encouragement for people to look beyond the leg extension, to look beyond the port of bra, yeah. both for the dancer, but for the one taking it in, but especially for the dancer, because so, so many times we can get hung up on age, you know, well, I, you know, I'm older now, so I can't do this or I'm younger now. So now I can show off this. Mm -hmm. And it's not about either. It's about God's glory being revealed through humanity and to humanity. So it's just a call deeper than the surface. You know, the surface is beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. it, it aids in the message. But again, we're, we're called to make eternal deposits into the lives of people. And that's the goal when I'm talking about purpose-driven and excellent artistry. Yes, yes. And I know we kind of touched on this already, but do you want to share a little bit more about your experiences with dance being used as a means for intercession and also prophetic dance? And what, how do you, how would you define prophetic dance maybe? And then how have you seen that being, yeah. being done? <laughs> Absolutely. So to start at a foundational level, we know to prophesy means to tell forth the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then the purpose we find in 1 Corinthians 14, 3, the purpose of prophecy is to edify, to build up the church, to exhort, which means to strongly encourage, and then to comfort, you know? Yeah. And so starting with that basis, we use that to build up the body of Christ. It's not just for us to feel good or to get rank over somebody. And I'd almost say this, if we pursue prophecy without intimacy, we are susceptible to pursuing sensuality and making an idol. And mm -hmm. I, I wanted to say this because we're in an era of worship and a lot of people are wanting to move prophetically, if you would. And the desire is not bad. The Bible tells us to earnestly, you know, desire the gifts. Right. But we want to do that out of intimacy. And so much of the prophetic dance that I do that's coupled with intercession is out of my quiet times with the Lord. Oh, it's yeah. training my ear to hear him in private so that when I'm in public and I need to make intercession or a declaration, I'm moving in oneness and not just a gift. Mm -hmm. And intercession is literally, you know, seeing what's being done in the spirit and coming into alignment with heaven through prayer. And that can be vocally, that can be through your body. And it's just, it's moving in obedience. And a lot of times what I've found in prophetic intercession is that you can, it can be done in a lot of different ways. God speaks to people in different ways. Mm -hmm. A lot of times for me, it can be, you know, using a flag, you know, to symbolize the love or freedom that God wants to impart. Or it can be like in a repetitive movement. I talked about Joshua 6 when the children marched around right. Jericho. Yeah. So it could be like marching in a circle. And sometimes it's not pretty. You know, sometimes it could seem foolish because it can be very repetitive and simple. But Sometimes those simple and repetitive moves are what break open atmospheres. And again, it's about obedience, mm -hmm. you know, and so it's it's been such an intimate journey and it's a beautiful thing to desire. But we want that to all come from a place of intimacy with the father. And so, yeah, yeah that's definitely powerful. And I think important, the idea of it coming from a place of intimacy and that we're in tune and listening 
and being obedient, how have you cultivated the ability to just like hear what God is is speaking to you? And then, yeah, any thoughts on that obedience, like just diving into that a little more? Yeah, it's it's been taking courageous steps. Like in the beginning, it's been getting, a, I guess, a thought or an action in my mind. Like I'm trying to make it practical and kind of take it out of the sky. Yeah, that's great. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. But it's like literally hearing an action or seeing a picture of a, a flag or a mata and stepping out and doing that action, whether it's you know, privately or corporately and trusting that God is moving through me in that moment. Yeah. And 100% of the time, the Lord meets me there. But there's usually this negative space where it's like, are you going to cross over and step out in faith? Or are you going to keep shrinking back and not move? And that part has been the scariest thing for me because I'm like, God, I want to get it right. Or God, I don't want to look foolish because I know people are watching and this may be weird, but it's been, I'm like, God, this gospel, I said, I would give my life for it. And how can I say I'll die for something if I won't live for something? So Lord, Mm -hmm. please help me to like really step into this thing, you know? And so for me, it's along with getting along with God and learning to hear his voice through the word. It's not like this Noony, noony, Lord, let me hear your voice. God speaks through his word, right? Right. But it also comes with stepping out on his word and, wow. and moving. And I think sometimes it can it can be scary to to take that step. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's been like, you know what? I see this picture. I'm going to go forward. And so many times God has met me in those moments. Every time God has met me in those moments. And either the singer would start singing the movement that I'm doing or God would literally shift the service to the action, like break up the follow ground. Like, so I'm like, I may be in the corner, like pounding a stick uh-huh. on the ground. And next thing you know, the singer starts singing, break up the follow ground. And next thing you know, like the prophetic company comes forward with words talking about how God wants to break this up and break that up. And that's just from an act of obedience, you yeah. know? So God wants to use the body of Christ collectively but we all got to walk in faith, right, you know, right. stepping out on the word of God and trusting that we hear the father's voice, which can be thrilling, I'll say. Yes, for sure. And I feel like there were so many things that I would, if I was taking notes right now, I'd be like writing them down. I feel like you said something like something about being willing to die for something that we need to be willing to live for it. I'm probably, yes. somebody needs yes. to go back and rewind and listen to what you just said. Yes. That was so good. Yes. <laughs> You know, so many times we want to make these big declarations. God, I'll cross the desert for you. Mm -hmm. God, I'll do these extreme things. But will you speak kindly to your friend or to your husband? Mm -hmm. But, you know, will you go and take the technique class that you feel like you don't need because you're an anointed dancer and you don't have to try? Will you do the little thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that God is asking you to do? So good. There's this song called For Your Glory, I Will Do Anything. And I have such a hard time with this song. I'm like, who made this song? These lyrics are so heavy. (laughs) Why did you do this? Yeah. (laughs) Why did you do this? And just this past Sunday, like I was praying, I was, you know, because we sang that song during worship. And I was like, God, I don't want to just make the big declarations. Like, for your glory, I will do anything means when I'm angry, I'll choose mercy. You know, Mm. when I'm frustrated, I'll choose patience. That's the for your anything that I want to live and embody. And that's the 
anything I want to submit myself to. And so it's the same way, you know, in worship, will I give myself to acting clamorously foolish for your glory? And it's, it's funny, so many times people will see me in worship and they'll be like, oh, you just have so much freedom. And it's like, you don't have a care in the world. I was like, you all, you know, and in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, you have no idea, like the mental gymnastics I have to go through, like to get yeah. to that place. But not only that, Psalm 150 says, praise the Lord. It's a command. He tells who, who's to praise the Lord, how to praise the Lord and where to praise the Lord. We praise God in the sanctuary. Uh, all creation is to praise the Lord. And in Psalm yeah. 149, three and Psalm 150 verse four, it says, praise his name with dancing. So I'm giving God what he wants. Yeah. And that's my goal. You know, it's not just to, it's not just because I'm free, although I am free, mm-hmm. but it's because God is worthy and that's who I'm setting my affection on. And so I dance as a sacrifice of praise, you know, to the Lord. Yes. And sometimes that word sacrifice is yes. very real. Yeah. Um, and like you said, laying your own sometimes pride or, you know, insecurities down and just yeah. going into it. And I think that's going to be a huge encouragement for those that are listening and for myself included, just the idea of, you know, even people that we probably are like, wow, they just seem like they they've gotten past the whole like self-conscious thing (laughs) to know that it still is, it still is a battle, but that, you know, there is the ability to step into it, even when we have that sense of like, ah, do I remember this? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So thanks for sharing that because I think it, it will encourage people that they're not alone and that that's normal. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay to push past that for sure. Absolutely. So I'm just curious, just from your vantage point and kind of where you're planted right now, how are you seeing God moving in the arts? Oh man, I've I've been saying it for a while now, but this is the era of the worshiper. And I said, it's like a levee that is breaking from a tsunami, like the gates of hell will not prevail against this work that God is doing. And a lot of times in the past, we've talked about God is going to do this or the wave is coming. The wave is here. And like yeah. my advice to anybody is jump in while it's hot, like get in while it's hot uh, yeah. because the kingdom is advancing forcefully and violently. And even in movement ministry, I'm seeing around the country, people are starting to embrace this movement. It's you're yeah. almost at this point, the odd one out if you don't have it, you know, in your environment. Yeah. And like I said, it's a it's a God thing. It's not just, oh, the artists are taking over. It's like God's spirit in Genesis one, we see the spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the water. So the Holy Spirit moves. Movement was mm-hmm. there in the beginning. And so now we're like catching up to what God has already designed from day one. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm just excited to be in the kingdom during this time in history. I'm so excited. That's so good. So, so good. So I'm curious to hear kind of what you're up to right now. And I know you have some upcoming events going on. And just if you want to share a little bit about what's coming in the near near future in the next year or so. Yes. So right now I am working on a dance experience called Uncharted. I'm very excited about it. It takes yeah. place June 10th, 2023. Uh, it's in Brookfield, Wisconsin. And Uh, I chose the name Uncharted because it has to do with embracing the journey of 
stepping into total and complete surrender and dependence on God. You know, dependence on God when you're in the valleys, when you're on the mountaintops, when you're on various terrains, trusting God to be the tour guide, if you would, and allowing the tests and trials that you face in uncharted territory to purify you and refine you and make you look like Jesus Christ. And so mm-hmm. this experience is a workshop. It consists of three master classes, but also a time of impartation, mm-hmm. a time to pour into the dancers just spiritually so that they can have what they need to walk with faith and boldness into what God has called them to. And so I'm very excited about that. That's the summer, June 10th. And you can find all of that information on Eventbrite if you just type in Uncharted 2023. I love that. That's going to be so, so good. And I just like encourage anyone that is near there or even if not to travel and go attend. Is there an age range? Yep. We recommend at least age 10 with at least, you know, intermediate level training. Sounds good. Um, We have some amazing, amazing teachers that have traveled the world. You know, our ballet teacher, she was principal dancer with Joffrey Ballet. So we're really excited uh, for this experience for sure. Definitely. And it sounds like it's going to be super impactful for everyone that's part of it. And I think that'll have ripple effects as well as people go out from there, you know, back to their spaces wherever they're coming from. So that's super exciting. And then did I see you're doing something with Arrows International as well? Yes. This uh, coming up next week, actually, March 3rd and 4th, Arrows is coming to Wisconsin for a, a conference called Praise Him in the Dance. A registration is still open. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram or social media, you can reach out for more information. Um, But it's at East Brook Church, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And yes, it's a two-day workshop conference. And we're so excited for that. Arrows is family. We go way back. So we're go- we're in for a good time. Very cool. Yes. I just thought that was like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Love so it. So excited about that. Yeah. So something I like to ask everyone that comes on is, is there something on your heart that you'd like to share with other artists right now? Yes. Uh, Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added unto you. Our culture right now is very superstar focused. It's, okay, well, what's my next move or what's my next endeavor? And a lot of times surrounded by those thoughts or pursuits is anxiety and depression and comparison and fear of missing out. But Mm. I want to turn us to the lyrics of this song. It's an old hymn, and it literally brought me to tears as I was reading it, and I wanted to share it with our listeners. That would be awesome. It says, Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Mm. And I love the lyrics of this song because it encourages us to take the attention and focus off of ourselves, to look heavenward. And when we look heavenward, we're free from 
the anxieties and fears that the enemy wants to bring. But then it also gives us eyes for those around us. Mm. And it takes us out of our little bubble that we can get trapped in, you know. And I've learned for me in seasons that have been dark and seasons that have been just heavy, that my escape has been my praise and my worship and my my determination to stay in the word of God. That's where I found my freedom. And I, I think therapy and all those things are great. I think they're needed. I've gone to counseling. But true breakthrough is in the presence of God. That's mm-hmm. where strongholds and generational curses are broken. Amen. And so my encouragement, beloved, is to turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful faith. Yes. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. It's God's will that we bear fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And fruit that will remain, fruit that will last. So it's not that God just wants you to stay in this corner and not shine, you know, yeah. our mandate is to shine and be a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. But God wants us to operate from sonship, from a Christ-centered identity. And we can't do that with eyes on ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. and so that would be my encouragement. Ooh, that is so, so good. And it kind of makes me want to ask a follow-up question. <laughs> with, um, yeah. The idea of like, platform or like you said, I think there's such a focus on how can I kind of get my name into the world or like create this platform. Feels like there's a fine line there between, you know, that focus yeah. on on Jesus and saying, like, I'm focused on you. And then that sometimes will happen and that God will kind of, you know, expand your reach and influence. I don't know. I'm not sure where I'm going with this exactly, but if you have any other thoughts on kind of the idea of influence from kind of God's perspective versus our worldly perspective. Yeah, I think I believe that God wants us to, quote unquote, not only influence, but dominate, Mm -hmm. you know, in the kingdom. But I think it's, it's imperative. It's paramount that we operate and move from a place of rest and a place of trust. Mm -hmm. And I think rest has to do with, again, getting alone with God and then trust that God will place you where you're supposed to be at the proper time, you know? And while we're quote unquote waiting, if you would, that we're being good stewards. So many times I think we we spend too much time looking at what everyone else is doing mm-hmm. than allowing God to really refine us and get the 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 kinks out of our character, if you right. would. And so I believe that we are to have influence and dominate, but man, the journey is is the sweet spot. It's where it's at because it's where we gain the character to be able to handle the success that God wants to give us, mm-hmm. you know. And I I do not believe that we have to push to get to any position, you know, again, and that's why, you know, it's a big emphasis on stewardship, you know, do what God is giving you for the day. But if you find yourself striving and moving out of fear, or you feel like you're going to miss out if you don't do X, Y, and Z, that's not the spirit of God. So just be careful of that line of striving versus abiding and allowing Mm -hmm. God to put you in the place where you're called. You know, for Joseph, that was what, 17 years. God had given him a gift. Right. Mm -hmm. But he stayed in that prison and it was like, quote unquote, overnight. God had given him this high position, you know, very quickly. Yeah. But he spent 17 years in that prison. Right. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yes, that's so good and such a, a great word for us today that being faithful stewards of where we're at today, what God has in front of us. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like I've seen that over and over where God will, you know, he is the one making the way. And I love that. And even in your story, you know, in your journey, how how he just opened the doors at the right time for different moments. And yeah, that we don't have to, we don't have to strive. So thank you for, yes. for sharing that. Yes. And even if I can encourage like one more time, just my moms, don't give up on your dreams. You know, we're homemakers. We're looking after the home, but God sees you, you know, he knows you by name and he still has a work for you to do. So just don't count yourself out, have faith and, and keep up the great work. You know, sometimes we don't, feel seen or we don't get the accolades we feel like we should because our work is so like grimy, like cleaning toilets and scrubbing floors. Mm-hmm. But God sees you and he knows you by name. So love that. Be encouraged. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. Well, just for fun, I'm curious, what is one of your favorite things right now? Yes. Okay. I'm trying to decide if I'm going to be honest or give like the pretty answer. Like, <laughs> you could even do both. If you I want. think I'll do both. So like the Perfect. pretty answer is I love, love, love the movie nights with my family, weekly movie nights. Those Aww. have been so much fun. But my like honest, transparent, like <laughs> along with the movie nights, uh, my husband and I have started like reading Christian romance novels. He'll like read them to me yeah. at night. And that has Aww. been so much fun. That's so cute. I love I, I it. Got, yes. So he's now hooked like, all right, what book are we reading next? So that has been a lot of fun. The Christian romance novels. <laughs> so fun. That's super fun. And yeah, they are. I mean, you kind of get into it and you're like, wait, what's going to happen? Next? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's so great. And with the movie nights, do you guys have traditions of like snacks or different things that you do? Uh, popcorn. <laughs> yes, popcorn is it's classic. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Popcorn and maybe pizza sometimes. Love it. That's so fun. And I'm sure the kids like have a blast with that too and get to yeah. all be together. So super fun. Well, this has been so good, Gloriella. And I would love to let people know where they can connect with you, kind of what the best way is to get in touch. Yes. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Instagram. I am Gloriel. That's G-L-O-R-I-E-L-L-E. You can also find me on Facebook, Gloriel Noel Needfelt. If you type in Gloriel Noel, you'll find me. Needfelt is a mouthful. So don't, <laughs> don't trouble yourself with that. And then Uncharted Dance Experience taking place in June. You can find that on Eventbrite uncharted 2023 and if you're looking for something even sooner taking place march 3rd and 4th we have the praise them in the dance conference coming up with arrows international at eastbrook church again in milwaukee wisconsin you can find all this information on my social media pages so yeah perfect yes well thank you so much again gloriel and i just so appreciate your heart and authenticity that you bring as a worshiper a mover um, a speaker and i'm just so excited to see yeah what else to come as we move into this next season so thank you for being a part of the show thank you so much for having me again i praise god for your work and i pray that you minister to thousands as you continue to keep your hands to the plow rachel
so thankful for Gloriel, and that was such a fun conversation. That part about having influence from a place of rest and trust was like, oh, so good. You can find all the links, the full show notes, and additional resources on our website, creativeimpactpodcast.com. You can also connect with Gloriel at her website, which is gloriel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share it with a friend. And also, if you'd like to support the show, you can check out our Patreon community. Just check out the link in the show notes where it says support the show or at the top on the website where it says Patreon. Thank you so much again for listening to the Creative Impact Podcast. The music for the show was produced by Michael Cash. Until next time, remember that you were designed to create. You were made to inspire. Continue living with purpose and making an impact. I'll see you next time, friends. Bye.